Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the NBA Sane Podcast. This, of course, is your host, Anthony Sane. Uh, we come here once a week, and we talk about my Memphis Grizzlies, your Memphis Grizzlies, our Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, this is what we do. We also talk about the NBA as, as a whole here on the NBA Sane Podcast. Um, a lot of stuff has happened since last time we talked. Of course, the uh, NBA All-Star Weekend was this past weekend. Um, quick recap on that. We're you know a few days behind on that, so I uh, won't really get too deep into it. As a whole, I will say that I did enjoy All-Star Weekend. I wasn't able to watch uh, undistracted, but I did catch enough to get, you know, pretty much form an opinion. Um, celebrity stuff, who cares? Skills competition, I'm out on it. Uh, the, the little moments, things they did with the kids, the, with the with the rookie sophomore, the rookie sophomore rising star stuff, I wasn't with that at all. But the whole little rising star tournament, I was cool with it, especially seeing the G League guys um, the guys that are in the G League Ignite, guys who aren't, you know, draft eligible yet. The next up guys, getting to see them play with some of the young stars in the NBA already. That was good. Desmond Bain, he was fine. Uh, struggled a lot, but, uh, you know, did his thing. Uh, he didn't do too well in the three-point contest. Is what it is. Um, three-point contest, the the uh, uh, in, in total was, it was fine. Carrington Town, shot to him. For winning in honor of his uh his uh mother and you know etc big for him big to see a good to see a big man get it you know you know what it is um slam dunk contest horrible uh, but not as horrible as the commentators like we all know what the slam dunk contest is what it is when you see guys like kenny smith who participated in the slam dunk contest talking about bad about it like that like bro you lay the egg your own self like it's i mean it is what it is i, I always say the slam dunk contest isn't for adults anyways for kids so Try to make it fun, especially if you're a commentator. But that's something that the NBA has that's a problem anyway. How the old old head guys just crap on the product. And you do not see that in any other sport. You don't see NFL commentators or the former players crapping on the current product. And when I put that tweet out on Twitter about how, um, you know, the, the former players crap on the product, I wasn't just talking about the slam dunk contest. I'm talking about regular games. Like cut on, you know, the NBA on TNT or, or whatever whatever you're watching. Those guys like routinely, you know, crap on the league, crap on the product. And it's, it, you just don't see that in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, John, ja the actual all-star game on Sunday, uh, had some exciting highlights. Didn't really get a lot of points in. Kind of seemed disinterested. I, I said on my radio show, um, Grind Time, Sports with the Six Grind Time, that it seemed like there was something that happened that, that kind of probably turned Ja off. There are a lot of politics that happened on all-star weekend with the players. And I think that, um, you know, John didn't want any part of that. It, it just seemed like it was some weird stuff that was going on. He didn't seem like his typical self. Looked like he was ready to go home. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I don't really know anything. I haven't heard anything, but it just it just it had a weird vibe to it. Uh, seemed like guys were kind of freezing them out. Guys, guys hate on job, man. Job does a lot of talking. You know what I mean? The Grizz are a real hot team, and I think that I could definitely see a situation where guys felt the way uh, towards them in the All Star game. But I'm not, I'm not gonna go too deep into that because I haven't heard anything per se. Uh, but speaking of Ja, MVP race, I've got him in my personal top three. I know it's probably gonna be a lot of bias in it, but here's my argument for that. Talking to my good friend Cam Rose of uh, the Outsiders podcast, where a lot of you guys know me from. And we were just talking, you know, on the phone or whatever. And he had a very valid point. He was like, if you're saying that the Grizzlies are the third best team in the NBA, and we're also a team that only has one all-star, how can Ja Morant not be a series MVP candidate? You know what I mean? <laughs> you can't. You can't, all these other guys that you're talking about, like all these other, you know, great uh, teams in the league, they got multiple all-stars. We don't. 
you know, and it's, it's also a, a common thread between Jokic and Embiid, the other guys who a lot of people have above Ja. Who I think are the only guys that even be in conversation to beat Ja. You know what I mean? They, they're the same situation. They're guys who are all-stars but don't have any other teammates at all-stars. Of course, James Harden, but he just got traded to Philly, so they don't really count. But, um, yeah, that's my whole thing, man. You have to take Ja uh, as a serious MVP candidate, regardless of the, the stretch they went on, whatever, like 10 and 12 or 11 and whatever they are. I mean, 10 and 2 or 11 and 2, whatever they are now, without Ja. This team's still a phenomenal team with Ja Morant being the best player on it. So, you know, I, I don't understand how – He's not being looked at more seriously as, as a top three level MVP candidate. Uh, as far as the in, most improved player conversation, which is an award that's often been attached to Ja, uh, I'm not a fan of that at all. Um, do not like that type of talk. I might be wrong. You guys tell me. Hit, hit me. Hit me up in the comments if I'm wrong. Tell me a former rookie of the year that won the most improved player award. I don't really think that's the intention of that award. I think it's for guys who kind of started off struggling then they started showing you they're actually good players. I don't think it's – a lot of people are saying, like, it's supposed to be for guys who make an all-star leap, and I don't particularly agree with that because it seems like I remember, like, Kevin Martin winning this award and just kind of lesser players, guys who didn't – you didn't really have much expectation at all, and then you look up and they're just good players, not particularly all-stars. I mean, if you want to do the all-star thing, cool. You know, guys like Brandon Ingram, because Brandon Ingram was the number two pick, but he didn't have a solid rookie year. You know what I mean? Same thing with uh, Julius Randle. He was a high pick, but he didn't have a – he wouldn't – he wasn't panning out as a young player, and then he took a leap. John Moran was freaking rookie of the year. You know what I mean? So I just think it's a slap in the face to give him that award. I'm sure he'll he'll gracefully accept it if he's giving it to him. I know he's the favorite to win it. But me personally, I'm just not a fan of uh, a player at the level of John Morant getting the most approved player award. Or maybe I'm just out of date with it. Maybe the, the award has kind of evolved over time, but I'm not a fan of that whole thing at all. Um, speaking of being a fan, uh, Dylan Brooks is, you know, looks like he's going to be back soon. Nothing really official out from the team. But it just kind of feels like Dylan's about to be back. We we knew that, uh, you know, time-wise, that that date seemed like it's something after the All-Star break. So uh, we look to see him coming back soon. Um, I've had, I think in my last podcast, I talked about how um, I wouldn't mind seeing him come off the bench, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Grizzlies did bring him off the bench uh, to bring him over a scoring punch. You still can put him on your best, him on the best player. You know, just not starting the game. You know, the best player plays the whole game too. You know what I mean? So um, I think it'd be, I think it could possibly work. Um, I'm sure that they might try it, you know, for a game or two. I think they did last time this year, brought him when he when he first came back, they brought him off the bench to see what it looks like. Like that's all I'm really saying. I think that they'll probably try it, you know, maybe bringing him off the bench, you know, just for a little bit, you know, just to see what just to see how that works, uh, keeping Zaire in. Um, uh, something to look out for. Um, in the second, not the second half, it's only 22 games left. Um, catching the Warriors, possibly. The Warriors are uh, in the number two seed right now. Uh, they're playing without Draymond Green. They're a drastically worse team uh, without Draymond Green. If the Grizzlies can keep playing the way they've been playing, uh, winning it and on the clip they have, I can see them very well passing the Warriors and getting to that second spot. Um, actually, I think I'd be kind of okay with that if they could get to that second spot. It, it, it could make you avoid a team like uh, Denver, who could possibly get full strength, could possibly get Jamal Murray and uh, Michael, Michael Porter Jr. back. That team could be very dangerous in the playoffs. And if you get if you get to second, you might be taking like picking on like a Minnesota Timberwolves, um, a team of that level, whoever comes out of the play-in. Um, like I talked about in my last podcast, only thing I'm worried about with that is it seems like maybe the Lakers getting hot and getting up to seven 
or catching a hot, um, you know, maybe Pelicans team or whoever. Uh, I think that's something you might want to try to avoid catching a team who's got hot at the right time, who wins their playing tournament. Uh, I think that could be kind of dangerous, but either way, I think it'd just be great if the Grizzlies could, you know, pass the Warriors to get up to that second place spot. Um, the Grizzlies are kind of chasing history, so to speak, um, as far as the uh, the personal franchise record of the team. Um, I tweeted this out this morning, and I'll take a look at it again, just more in depth. Just some interesting things to look at. Um, the 2012-2013 Grizzlies, at this point, uh, were 41-19. and 19. That team uh, is the all-time winningest team uh, with 56 wins. Um, the next, the second highest win total was in the 2014-2015 season, where we were a 55-win team. And at this point, they were 43-17. and 17. If you remember, that team really fell off after the uh, uh, All-Star break, kind of broke around 500 uh, going down the stretch. They were two games ahead of pace of the all-time winning this Grizzlies team. We ended up falling a game short because of how they kind of finished the season. Right now, we're tied. We're on pace with the all-time winning record of 56 wins, 41-19, 22 games to go. Um, the last team was 15-7. Uh, and seven. If we finish, you know, 16-6, and six, we've got the record. All-time winning this um, Grizzlies team in franchise history. I think they're going to do it. Uh, I can definitely see a path where they do it. Our, our schedule is pretty easy. Can't lose a lot of games, of course, and can't lose the ones we're supposed to win. And you got to win some ones you're maybe not supposed to win. I think we're probably favored the rest of the season, just to be honest. Uh, that Boston game coming up soon, that's what I'm definitely looking at. I think if you can get that one, <clears throat> you know, things will be looking pretty good for you. Um, something else Grizzlies-related I'd like to talk about, um, uh, Kendrick Perkins, who's been a big job and right supporter, big Memphis Grizzlies supporter, uh, threw out kind of a curveball tweet the other day where he said that, uh, uh, he was talking about the worst trades of all time. And he said that the Grizzlies trading Pau Gasol to the Lakers uh, back in the day um, is the worst trade that he's ever seen. Uh, for one thing, I don't get too excited about that type of stuff because everything like that is relative. We don't, that's from his memory and his memory right there in the moment. And it's like, it's like he's pulling down an almanac of trades and, you know, this, <laughs> what the worst trade is. Uh, he's going based on his memory. I want to say that I'm older than Kendrick Perkins. So I know people are talking about all these trades that happened in the 60s. I'm like, man, I know those things happen, but I wouldn't think of those. You know what I mean? So I'm not mad at him for, for saying that because there's a whole lot of truth to it. That Grizzlies trade, regardless of how it turned out for this particular franchise with uh, 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 Pau Gasol, you know, going to the Lakers and winning two championships, the Grizzlies got Marcus Gasol, opened up cap room to be able to take a, a contract like a Zach Randolph, all those type of things. Marcus Gasol turned into, you know, multi-time all-star if it's play of the year, uh, all-NBA first-teamer. We get all that. But the fact that in the moment of that trade, you traded away a top player in the league, probably a top 15, top 20 level player, one of the better big men at his position, all-star, young all-star Pau Gasol in his prime. You traded him away for guys who couldn't play, Kwame Brown, uh, 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 the kid who uh, pulled a gun on Gilbert, I mean, who showed the gun to Gilbert Arenas or whatever he was doing, uh, Javaris Crittenden, you know what I mean? Uh, um, expiring contracts. You know, uh, I think I don't even know what kind of picks were involved in that trade. But anyway, you gave them away for guys who couldn't play. And the Lakers won multiple championships. The Lakers were done. Kobe Bryant was one out of L.A. That was a real you, – you altered history with that trade. Yeah, we got the Green Grind era, but the Green Grind era was a team that a lot of teams can say they had the same level of success as the Grizzlies in the postseason. We were one of the winningest regular season teams during that run for sure. But, you know, it made us relevant, but – I mean, come on, man. Like, we, we gave them dudes multiple championships with that trade. 
uh, and I think that's why I love and that. And that trade kind of shifted the opinion of this franchise. It kind of made people feel like this Grizzlies organization is a minor league or a farm league team to the big leagues because it, it, that kicked off the, the narrative of guys leave Memphis and they get a championship. Packers all got a championship that exact season, if I'm not mistaken. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of truth to what Kendrick Perkins was saying. And uh, me and my good friend Isaac Simpson were kind of going back and forth about it. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is, man. That trade really – that was a very lopsided trade, man. You gave them one it's, – it's just like if Minnesota traded Carl Anthony Towns for, you know, some expiring contract with guys who can't play and some guy that's, that's, a, that's a drafting stash has never played a game in the NBA. You would look at it the same way. It's exact, that's almost exactly what we did. It's like trading Carl, literally like trading Carl Anthony Towns for, you know, Jerry Culver and Santi Aldama or something. Like, and it's, it's exactly what we did. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, man, I, I can't, I can't get mad at Perk for saying it because there was a lot of truth to what he said. Um, like I said, the Grizzlies are looking good, man. They kick it off tonight at Minnesota. Um, the return, Dylan Brooks is not playing. Hoping we hear some updates from him soon, man. Get DB back out there. This team is, uh, you know. You get DB back, man, you can make some things happen. Um, you know, for sure. Like I said, you got the Warriors, very catchable. You got uh, CP3 with the, the, the injury that's going to keep him out for up to two months, maybe. We'll talk about that after the break, uh, for sure. But when we get back from the break, man, like I said, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this LeBron stuff. I want you guys to take a look at some of my sponsors, man, people who, you know, keep the lights on. See, I got a new picture behind me. This is the kind of stuff they do, man. My sponsors, they give me, you know, make sure I can get these cool pictures of my city. You know what I'm saying? Over my head or whatever. But y'all come back, man. It's the same asylum. No, no, this is not the same asylum podcast. What podcast is this? This NBA same podcast. We'll be back in a minute. Visit AsylumTees901.com where you can find t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs representing your favorite Memphis sports teams. Designs are available in men, women, and kid sizes. Check out our featured products and sign up to be the first to know about our new releases at AsylumTees901.com. Global Shortage on Chicken is finally over, but there are still places that will tell you that it is hard to find, except for our good friends at Poultry Power. The dedicated staff at Poultry Power is currently delivering chicken in bulk to your home or business at prices lower than your local grocer or food distribution company. Having a cookout or catering event? Tired of being told no by other food companies when you need chicken for your restaurant? Poultry Power is here to save the day. Visit poultrypower.org to place your order now. And remember, when others blame the shortage and tell you no, Poultry Power has the power to tell you yes. There's a smoke shop on every corner in Memphis, but there's only one 901 Puffs. What makes 901 Puffs different? They are a local cannabis dispensary specializing in Delta 8 and other exclusive smoking products and accessories. Their calling card is their smoker's lounge, and yes, it's exactly what it sounds like. They host a unique lounge experience where you can enjoy their products and vibe out. Included with your $10 cover charge is an edible and a pre-roll. Now where else can you find that in Memphis? Come mess with us at 901 Puffs, the best and freshest Delta 8 in Memphis. Visit them at 378 East E.H. Crump Boulevard and call them at 
626-4100. It's been said that the world always looks brighter from behind a smile. So why not let my friend, Dr. Mady Sadegi, and his friendly staff at the Smile Center Memphis help brighten up your world. The Smile Center is a local family dentistry located in Germantown, specializing in cosmetic crown veneers, teeth whitening, Invisalign clear braces, all with free consultation and second opinions. New patients are welcome, and if you don't have dental insurance, don't frown. They have an in-office plan to fit your specific needs. They also have same-day emergency service available as well. Give Mady a call at 901-309-1333 or visit their website at smilecentermemphis.com. 901 Wrestling returns on March 5th to the Black Lodge with both titles on the line. The return of Big Swole Justin Cole to take on 901 Wrestling Champion, the main event, Contar the Great. Also, you'll see Ken Dang versus the 1819 Champion, Shane Schaffner. There's more to come. For tickets, visit 901wrestling.com. All right, glad y'all are back. Again, this is not the Sane Asylum Podcast. This is the NBA Sane Podcast. Nothing but Anthony Sane. Glad you guys tuned in with me another week. Uh, <laughs> real fast, man, let's just talk about the league in general. A topic that I've really been interested in is the whole LeBron James calling his shot, letting y'all know that whoever drafts my son, that's where I will be for my farewell tour. Um, I'm not mad at LeBron at all. A lot of people are feeling the type of way about it. Man, look, as a black man, as a father, I applaud what LeBron is doing. You know what I mean? This is a guy who didn't have a father, and now he's in his son's life. Great guy. You know what I mean? On some real, I mean, he's one of the greatest players who've ever picked up a basketball, period. If he says, I'm, I want to play with my son or play where my son plays, I'm not mad at that at all, man. I don't understand why people get so mad about th that type of stuff. And, and and if a team doesn't jump on it, they're silly. The, the LeBron James farewell too is going to be crazy. There's going to be some bad that comes with that too, but if you're trying to take care of ticket sales and things like that, man, free money. You know what I mean? So I'm not mad at that at all. Plus, you're going to have a, a good player in LeBron James. And he's not going to come in there talking about do this, do this, do this. Probably just going to go in there and have fun with his kid, man, and go out the way he wants to go out. He's not coming here trying to go trade this away. And I would love to see it happen in Cleveland. That would be super dope. That Cleveland organization has done a lot to, to make themselves competitive. I'd love to see it with J.B. Bickerstaff, who came through here. That Cleveland team is one of those teams I'm really pulling for over in the East. I would love to see it. Do the right thing, uh, Cleveland. Do the right thing, whoever. Draft Bronny. And this is another thing, man. Like, he's... He's almost like guaranteeing his son's gonna get drafted by doing it. Because it's not looking like that for Bronny, like he's gonna be an NBA player. You know what I mean? So if I were him, I wouldn't go the college route. I would go G I would go G League Ignite. You know what I mean? Just skip college altogether. Don't risk getting exposed in college. Go the G League route and see if you get drafted, man. If you go the G League route, you get to go, you're probably gonna play in the All-Star game. Possibly, you know, and not in the All-Star game, in the in the Rising Stars thing, go that route. Don't do college. And you're in the NBA with your dad in a minute, man. If it don't work out, go back to college later on. You know what I mean? So I'm down for it, man. I'm super supportive of LeBron and what he's doing. Uh, next, uh, there's an old Zion Williamson thing over in New Orleans. I have a pretty different opinion than a lot of people. A lot of people mad at Zion. You know, guys know I've clowned Zion Williamson like few others on Twitter. But the thing is, I think he's finessing. I talked about this with Peter. I think that he's legit hurt. Yeah, sure. But I think he's taking his time about it. I don't think he cares about it if we ever comes back this season. And I think that's being advised to him by someone, whether it's his stepdad, whether it's by Nike, whether it's by 
um, his agency, whoever it is. I think he's being advised, hey, take your time, man. And this is what I think is a possible uh, scenario for Zion Williamson. I think that he's going to uh, possibly play next year. Might not play next year. I think he's going to play next year, though. Um, and he's going to take a qualifying offer for the next season. He's going to play one last season. And New Orleans is going to be on the hook. Either trade me or let me walk away. <laughs> I think that's the best way to get out of there. I don't think he's going to sign a contract and then beg to get traded and make himself look bad or whatever. I think he's going to say, I'm going to take my qualifying offer and I'm about to get out of here. So you can either trade me to a team where I'll, where I'll actually sign a contract with or, you know, I'll walk away. It's just what it seems like to me. I think you're talking about a guy who's 20, he's a 21-year-old basketball player. And yes, he's out of shape. Yes, he's got the injuries, but it's not like he can't bounce that bounce back. That kid's body is 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 elastic at this point. Yeah, he's lost. He's gained a lot of weight. I'm confident he can lose it. He's still very freaking young, man. You know what I mean? So I'm not buying the whole thing that, you know, he's he's done. I don't think he's done. I just think he's gonna do what he has to do. He's in port. He's like in Portland, I believe. So I'm. He's very close to the people at Nike. So I'm sure he's somewhere getting himself together or having some of the best doctors trainers, et cetera, trying to get him back to shape. So I'm not tripping about the Zion stuff at all. Free Zion. Hashtag free Zion. Portland, I mean, not Portland. New Orleans is horrible. Their, their organization is terrible. They drafted uh, uh, Zion. And I want to say in the same draft, yeah, in the same draft, they could have had Darius Garland too, if I'm not mistaken. Look at what they did. They went and got Jackson Hayes and, uh, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. One of those guys don't even play for you no more. Come on, man. Like, I'm not, I don't feel sorry for y'all. Like, this, y'all organization is terrible. Y'all, y'all, what in the world did you go get CJ McCollum for? <laughs> what do you, I mean, what does that do? Why are you trying to go? I don't, I don't understand. Like, whatever. Freeze I am. Like, that's, that's all I have to say on that. Uh, other big news happened yesterday. Uh, city of New York, the, the ma mandates for the vaccine are, are looking to be lifted very soon. So, hey, Say what you want about Kyrie, man. That man won. That man won, bro. Like, he he uh, did not get the vaccine. I thought he would cave in. Uh, and I'm not saying that being a celebratory towards uh, not taking the vaccine. I'm fully vaccinated, you know, boosted, whatever. But um, I, I thought he was pretty goofy this whole time, this whole thing. And I thought he eventually would cave in. But he did not cave in. Uh, City of New York is lifting the mandate. So, hey, Kyrie won, man. He's going to get to play. In the playoffs, home and away games, think it makes that Brooklyn team just that much more dynamic. Plus, you got Ben Simmons down there now. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Good for them, man. Um, you know, Kyrie's one of the better players in the league. And to have him full strength, watch out for Brooklyn. I still think that they're going to be the top team in the East um, if they can get rolling. If they can get rolling. Them, I hope to see a matchup between them and Philly uh, in, in, in the conference finals. I don't know. Can't really think where they are in the standings, but that'd be super dope if you can get Brooklyn versus Philly. Uh, something else I want to talk about. Um, the Suns without uh, Chris Paul. Chris Paul has an injury that's going to have him out, you know, four to eight weeks. It's a long time. That is a long time, especially if it's still lingering in the playoffs. Um, this is why I say with the Memphis Grizzlies, I could very well see a scenario. If you can get past that first round, whether it's, you know, seventh seed or the, or the sixth seed you're playing, whether you're at two or three, that Warriors team, if they don't have Draymond Green, very winnable series. You know what I mean? Next next round, you would get uh, the Suns without Chris Paul. Again, very winnable series. Man, this thing could be crazy. Like, you know what I mean? You could see a situation where you're, you're, you're 
my our Memphis Grizzlies are in the NBA Finals. I could very well see it, man. It's gonna be some wild times. And man, big middle finger to Chris Paul for playing in the, in the All Star game, knowing you had an injury. Man, you could have sat out and let somebody else get in. Man, you could have got Jaron could have been in that joint. Anything, bro. I just thought that was a really weak move by Chris Paul, a longtime vet, knowing you're hurt. Man, you got the recognition. You got name to the team. Why not not play so somebody else could get that spot, man? That's just typical. Like, like I, and I call myself pulling for this dude over the last few years, you know, especially how he went to Oklahoma City, did what he had to do, was a professional, the way he was during the pandemic. But, man, that's a that's a garbage move, man, to be named to the All-Star team, knowing you're hurt, and then, like, not – then still – then it's announced that you're going to be out. You ain't even playing real NBA games. Then you're going to tote your ass out there and, 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 and play in the All-Star game, hurt. And somebody else could have had that spot, man. Like, these guys whose money is depending on that type of stuff. Guys, that's their lifelong dream to get in, man. It was just weak for Chris Paul to do this. But, yeah, man, that's all I got to say, bro. It's been a good podcast with you guys. Thank y'all for checking me out. Make sure y'all support the sponsors, man, for real. Um, like, I, yeah, that 901 Wrestling event is coming up on March 5th, man, so check that out. Check out 901 Post. My guy made it to Daigie. You know what I'm saying? Uh, man, damn, poultry power. Get up with me, man, 901 Tees. On that sound tease 901. Get with me. Y'all know what it is, man. This is your boy Anthony Sane, NBA Sane Podcast. Nothing but Anthony Sane. See y'all next time. Hey, just want to thank you guys for coming to check out NBA Sane. Whether you got here via the website, NBASane.com, or via the NBA Sane YouTube page. Thank you for checking me out, man. Hope you enjoyed the video. Hope you are looking forward to more. Uh, while you're here, um, check out my Twitter. You can find me at, at NBA Sane, as well as at Sane Asylum. On Facebook, you can find me at NBA Sane. And I also have a Patreon page for anyone who wants to support and partner with me. That's patreon.com slash NBA Sane. Thanks again for checking us out. And hope to see you again soon.